What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. We're here to bring you our opinions and our news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 209. Let's be honest, after a couple-week hiatus, haven't spoken to you since the NFL season started, it's not going to be from around the world of sports today. It's going to be from the NFL, uh, where we started with Ben and Chris Talk Football. Uh, we're going to stay in that space today. We know baseball season's wrapping up. Um, well, you know, a lot of those races are already done. And um, quite frankly, we enjoy talking about football more than we do baseball. Uh, it's just a more entertaining uh, discussion. Uh, hopefully for all of you listening out there, too. Um, a lot to get to. So we figure what we're going to do is go division by division and kind of bring up you know, take five, six minutes on each one, unless, you know, it's one of them that uh, not really a lot to discuss at this point already, and break down the good, the bad, the ugly, the key injuries, you know, try to do that kind of a, not really a deep dive format, but try to get relatively quickly. And then next episode, we can hit a little bit deeper on some of the bigger talking points. Uh, I apologize in advance. <clears throat> I am uh, under the weather. Uh doing my best, my uh, bit of a scratchy throat, so uh, bear with me. I'm going to try to make sure I mute if I'm going to uh, randomly just like sneeze or something, but um, yeah, so that, that's why I'm a little off today. But let's 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 get started, man. Uh, NFC West, what, what are your thoughts on this division after three weeks? I mean, it, it's clear the favorite is the 49ers. Um... I, I don't see Seattle, L.A., Arizona challenging them at all. The one surprise I do have, though, is the competitiveness of Arizona. They've been in all three games, and they actually beat the Cowboys this weekend. So that that's kind of my standout point from this division. It's just I thought because I thought Arizona was done. They they cut. Colt McCoy before the season started but because he had some injury and they just don't want to carry him. And obviously Kyler's not ready to play. Who knows when he'll be ready to play. Enter in Josh Dobbs, a offseason trade, and he's a starting quarterback and he's been competitive. It, has he been world beater? No. He's been productive. He's held, you know, he's been pretty secure with the ball. And James Conner's been a Pleasant surprise. Some other aspects of the offense have been a surprise. They're using all the the assets they have on offense, pretty much to their max ability. Uh, their defense has been a surprise. Um, I was shocked when when Isaiah Simmons was ejected from the team and retirement of JJ Watt and moving pieces here and there. It's it's a surprise that they're they're competitive in each game. And ultimately, we're able to hold on to the to win this weekend. So, I I just see the nine. I mean, I don't want to say they're going to go undefeated, but the Niners have the potential to be just a clear cut favorite, not just in the NFC West, just in the NFC entirely. So, it's it's a clear favorite. We could have we could be coming to a repeat of last year's NFC Championship, but. Staying here, I just think Arizona's a surprise. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree 100%. Um, 
you know, top of the division, San Fran, obviously some of the best, including possibly the best defender in the league on defense. Again, on offense, some of the best and, and arguably the best offensive player in the league, Christian McCaffrey. Right. Um, I mean, uh, talent is not a concern with this team at all. Coaching is not a concern. Guys coming through in the clutch isn't really a concern. Uh, I think Brock Purdy has proved he's not going to put on Mahomes-like numbers, but very seldom is he going to lay an egg with the talent he has around him. He's very good at doing what he needs to do. Uh, and he doesn't turn the ball over much, if at all. And this team is, you know, as always, the biggest caveat with any team is injuries. Yeah, This team stays healthy. I agree 100%. They're going to be right there at the end, and it would take a monumental effort from any of these teams to knock out San Fran before the NFC Championship game if everyone stays healthy. They're just too well-built, too well-coached, too well-structured. Very solid foundation, good backups, good system. So, I mean, they're where we thought they would be. Uh, Seattle, I could definitely see Seattle being number two. Uh, you figure they lose Russ Wilson last offseason. This team's going to rebuild from the ground up. They're going to suck for many, many years. And they come in and, 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 and do what they did last year, which is very impressive with Geno Smith, who had a career resurgence, got himself a nice little contract in the offseason. Uh, and they continue to run the ball well, play good defense, great receiving core, obviously Lockett and Metcalf, uh, Jack, uh, Smith and Jigba. Nice addition. Hasn't done a whole lot stat-wise yet, but, you know, with just two guys in front of him, I mean, they're not all of a sudden going to forget about those two and turn him into Justin Jefferson. So, I mean, that happens. They're going to be right there in the wild card hunt. Are they going to hang with San Fran? Eh, here and there. When they play them, maybe. Division games are always tough, but... This is San Fran's division to win. The Rams, I mean, despite being one and two, have played much better than I thought they would. They look better and more organized than they did last year. Uh, you know, Sean McVay, not a surprise, is, is a good coach. And he got these guys back where they needed to be. They were, I think their heads got a little bit too big for their britches after they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And they thought just bringing everyone back was going to mean just running it back and winning again. And they learned how hard it really is to repeat and stay competitive. Uh Supposedly, they get Cooper cut back week five. And with some of the other offensive weapons that have kind of emerged, that could be very, very good for them. Again, I don't think they compete with San Fran overall over the course of the season record-wise. Could chase for a wild card. And the Cardinals, great story. Josh Dobbs, great story. You get a team that was mediocre for years and... You know, I said after they drafted Isaiah Simmons, I'm like, this is how you take a team from a laughing stock to uh, 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 a team to watch for the next decade in a matter of a couple of years. And just as quickly as they built it, they tore it all down. And people thought this was going to be a two or three win team. And for all we know, they might be. But right now they're one and two, and they've looked way better than one and two. And Josh Dobbs, hats off to him for coming in two weeks before the season started, if not sooner. And really... Really, I mean, learning the system good enough to be competitive in all these games. Like you said, they beat the Cowboys on Sunday. That was an uh, upset, big upset. And, uh, I mean, this division, I mean, it's kind of shaken out, you know, standings-wise how we thought it would. But been a lot of really good play. I really don't think there's been a lot of bad play overall from anybody here. So, no. I mean, I give this division a very – a very good grade if we were grading them today because they just, you know, 
even the quote bad teams are still really hanging under and being competitive. So the only question is going to be, Chris, is what do you do if you're Arizona? Let's say it's week six, week seven, week eight. And now we're starting to hear the rumors. Yeah, Kyler's starting to, you know, starting to tr- uh, practice. He's starting, he's on the field. He's, you know, game ready, coming soon. I don't know the timeline offhand, but I assume it's sometime this year. Even if they're not, they're not, they don't have a winning record, but they're competitive each and every week. You're the front office. You're the head coach. You've got, you're, you're, you, you're, you as a, a, unit are on the chopping block so to speak because you you've done all this stuff like you said leading up to this point and then you started blowing it up throwing pieces here out pieces there out um making a deal for hollywood brown which hasn't really been successful some draft picks that were high on but haven't been successful Boy, if you look at it, and you're competitive week in and week out with Josh Dobbs. And I'm not saying Josh Dobbs is the answer. I'm not saying this is a Geno Smith situation from last all out last year. But you, I, I would think you would have concerns as the front office who put that contract in front of Kyler Murray, putting that certain literature in there, then, then erasing it essentially when it got out. Who put it out there? Who knows? Um, you got to think like, do we put Kyler back on the field and risk losing the team? Because all of a sudden they were two and six, two and seven, three and seven, whatever they are at that time. But we're having the same thing going on right now where they lost a, they lost a, a, a lead late in the fourth quarter. They lost the lead early, late third quarter. I think uh, the first week. They beat the Dallas Cowboys, um, and it was a it was a a grind out win. <clears throat> but what happens if Kyler comes in and it's all of a sudden it's either a blowout or they get blown out? It's not. It's never. It's never going to be consistency. What do you, What do you do? Uh, well, I mean, I think you've backed yourself into a corner contract-wise with a guy you're not sure is the guy. Right. I mean, we, we've discussed that before. Everything from the clause in this contract that he had to study a certain amount of hours and not play video games to all hours of the night, showing up at the facility un, unprepared. Uh, as an adult who gets paid millions of dollars to do a job a year, um, we've seen teams have big quarterback contracts and get out of it. Yeah, it hurts for a few years, but they're going to be rebuilding anyways. If they think Dobbs is even potentially the future, or if they have another plan, but if, if if they don't have a plan past Kyler, if getting rid of Kyler is even an option, uh, if they don't have a plan past him, you have to start Kyler. Because Dobbs, look, nothing against Josh Dobbs. Everyone on this team has been surprising. Yeah. It's not just him. He's done great. It's a great story. I'm not trying to knock the guy at all. For all I know, he could be this year's Geno Smith and have a great year and come out and get a nice contract next year. Who knows? Based on what I've seen, this guy isn't the long-term answer. And you're paying Kyler like he is. So you kind of almost have backed yourself into a corner where unless, 
unless you're first place in a division and Josh Dobbs is firing on all cylinders, throwing up 350 and two touchdowns a week, uh, and the team's rolling over people, then, I mean, obviously you keep Dobbs in. But if there's any inconsistency, any uncertainty, Kyler's the guy. You got to throw Kyler back in there. Uh, and then, you know, you said before, he always starts strong. He plays a like half to two-thirds of a season, and he falters off. And if he comes back healthy, he's not going to be abused or, or beaten up yet this season. So he should be fine. So you should get prime Kyler by, you know, second, third game back, maybe fourth game back. And, uh, I mean, again, without playing all year, it's going to be the same situation with him next year where he's not used to playing an entire season. I mean, the Cardinals really, really kind of bent themselves over the barrel here. Yep. Uh, long-term with this guy. And, um, but I, I think unless Dobbs is late in the world, unless Dobbs is in an MVP conversation when Kyler comes back, Kyler's back at quarterback. That's that To me, that's pretty simple. And he's, he is 28 years old, so he's not, you know, he's not that grizzled old veteran. He's got a few years under his belt, and, you know, it, it's not impossible for someone to look at Kurt Warner. He wasn't even playing until, I think, what, late 20s, early 30s? And, um, the, I don't want to correlate him, but, you know, he's been productive. He hasn't cost him really that much. A uh, few fumbles, but no interceptions. I, I just – I like what they're doing. Um, like I said, they're competitive games. So it, it's just a matter of what it looks like the rest of the season and what the plan is for the team going forward. That's all it is. Yeah. Because if they're, if they're lined up for the number one or number two pick – now you have trade assets because you have to decide if if you're going with Kyler. Well, now you have to trade because you're not getting a quarterback. And unless you're taking Brock Bowers at number one, number two, number three, you're going to want to get some extra pieces to continue to build that team around Kyler. But right. that's, I guess that's a conversation for uh, another day. Um, yeah, we can definitely table that one and go back to it for sure. Cause that's a good, that's a good. We can we can wait till week four to see how week four goes, and then we can come back and discuss that further. Because as each week goes, we're getting closer and closer. We'll know for sure what we think the best thing to do is. But what what's your take on this next this this division right here that we're coming up on? This was probably I would say if you can disagree if you want is the most perplexing division going into the season, and I think still remains to be the most perplexing division. Uh, at this point, and we'll probably be going through the entire season. Is the the NFC South? I I don't understand this division. Uh, no, I would agree. I don't understand it either. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody coaching or playing in it does either. Uh, I mean, it's it's. I tell you what, the games have been fun. Yeah, the games of these teams have been fun. They've been good. I mean, even the Panthers, who are at zero three, uh, have shown signs. Uh, Adam Thielen, so far through three weeks, had a nice little resurgence after leaving Minnesota last year. Um, you know me, I've always been a big Thielen guy. I liked him a lot. Uh, yeah. Did a lot of good things for me in fantasy when uh, he was in Minnesota. I uh, did pick him up this week also on a waiver wire because he's going back to Minnesota and, you know, might be a nice little revenge game. Although, not really revenge. Ain't really wrong at all, but that's what they always call it when a guy goes back to his old team. Anyways. Uh, yeah, you got uh, Panthers at 0-3, and then you got the Falcons, Saints, and Buccaneers all at 2-1 and and have looked equally parts impressive and equally parts what the hell is that at points, yeah. uh, but more so good than bad, honestly. I mean, I think the Falcons 
is Desmond Ritter the guy? Who knows? Uh, still young, only had a few starts under his belt, really. Uh, I know he played some last year, but Mariota was also kind of in the mix. Now that's yeah. not the thing. They said he's number one. The Saints have uh, Derek Carr. But he got injured. But he's hurt, exactly. Uh, so now they're going to go back to the whatever the hell they can throw out there experiment. Andy Dalton's not there anymore to, you know, to play mediocre for him. I think it's uh, Jameis. Yeah, it's going to be Jameis and the Taysom, your boy Taysom Hill combination. That that one-two punch, which works great the first half of the first game. But then once people catch on, it doesn't so much right. anymore. Right. Uh, the Bucks. I mean, Baker... What Baker are we going to get? We, uh, Baker has the most perplexing career, to, to steal a word you just used, that I can remember. I mean, this guy <laughs> sure. is, he, he goes from looking like a potential future MVP candidate one year with the Browns to uh, just out looking for a new team entirely because they just were done with him. Um, we go last year to Panthers. Went to the Panthers. Did not look great. And they um, got traded got traded uh i mean i don't know what to expect from this guy he has far better receivers in tampa bay than he's ever had at any point in his professional career with either the browns or the panthers um and i'll argue that one give me give me edwin's godwin and whatever supplementary cast they have there over anybody else he played with in cleveland or carolina and uh i mean the story of this division is, I think, they're going to give whoever, uh, on divisional weekend, they're going to give whoever got the two seed a pretty good a pretty good game before they eventually just roll over and play dead. Um, none of these guys are going to hang with the big boys in the division. Um, there's obviously some talent, but I mean, Panthers have their QB of the future, it looks like. Falcons might, Saints and Bucks. I mean, nobody thinks Carr and and Mayfield are going to be the guys for the next decade for either one of those teams. I I gotta go with. I mean, based on what I've seen, uh, in this division, I go with the Bucks, maybe the Falcons. Uh, if Carr is injured, the Saints are going to be in trouble, and the Panthers aren't going to win enough to be in playoff contention. So this is, yeah, this is a. <laughs> it's gonna be fun to watch all year. I just, I just, I just keep saying that it's gonna be fun to watch. It's gonna be a good game. It's gonna be exciting. You're not gonna know how to pick them, uh, but it's kind of like another NFC South almost or AFC South, excuse me, where it's like, oh, this team might. Oh, well, no, they're not performing well this week. Oh, but, you know, we'll get to that inconsistency later on. But yeah, that's my take on it. It's NFC South. And 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 uh, other concern, um, I don't want it to be a narrative, but we do have to conversate about it because that Bryce Young is already he already lost, missed a game last week. Uh, he went out of the previous game. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say he's not looking good. It's just you're three games, you're two games into your career, and you've already been knocked out. Uh-huh. So you're gonna be compared to C.J. Stroud. I'm sorry, that's just going to happen. Um, so this is n- not a great start for his career, and it's not a great start for the Panthers as a whole. 
and they haven't seen much out of Miles Sanders yet. Uh, they were competitive, like you said, uh, with Andy Dalton. So what does it look like the rest of the season? How long is, is Bryce Young out? Can they get the offense going? Can they structure the offense the way they want to? The guy, the kid's got the talent. Um, the problem is getting the weapons around him to make that talent come out. He can make, he can make play, better, uh, players better than they are. It's just, if this is going to be his problem, and I don't want it to be a problem, then the Panthers might be in trouble and they might be mediocre for a little while. But I think we're going to have a almost a duplication of last year where the, Pan- the, the Buccaneers got in by default. They won more games, but there was nobody above 500 last year. And I'm going to guess they're going to feast on each other in the division. And... You know, like we mentioned, cars down now, so that's going to be a problem for the Saints. And between Desmond Ritter, who knows what he is, and Baker, Baker's Baker, man. I, I, I agree. By default, it almost seems like it's going to fall on the Bucks just because they have more talent for now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I, I would say, Chris, I would say, I don't know if you're done. Are you done with this division? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I, I, I would say one of the most polarizing divisions. Um, yeah, I, I could say that comfortably. This is going to be the one of the most polarizing divisions. The NFC North is just. Dude. You're, you're talking <laughs> about two, to, potentially two top teams and then just two cellar dwellers. It's, it's, it's starting out that way. So uh, I'll allow you to start with this one. There are some some teams we'll get to later on, and I'm not even trying to dog them. There's some where it's like, this is a fun team to watch. Win or lose, it's a fun team to watch. Uh, the the NFC North has two teams like that. Uh, the Packers and the Lions. Yep. Uh, the Packers, you know, they lose. Hats off to them, you know. Jordan Love played a couple times, you know, here and there sparingly end of games. Didn't look great. Rodgers gets traded to the Jets, and the Packers are going to crumble. They're this, they're that. They're all forgetting that they still have everyone else aside from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and they come out, and they they demolish the Bears week one, which just seems to be, you know, uh, playing the Bears appears to just be a bye week for whoever's against them. Um, You know, the Lions continue uh, a, strong, a strong start after – playing very well last year and damn near making the playoffs. Uh, the Vikings are the opposite of that, where aside from Justin Jefferson, this is a boring football team. Kirk Cousins is not exciting. You know, uh, the Bears should be exciting. And for some reason, it just feels like you're watching a YouTube tutorial on what not to do every time the offense takes the field. Like, they just... I, I don't know what the deal is with this team. They have the athletic talent. Yep. They have good running backs. Justin Fields is an amazing athlete who can make some good throws. They have talented receivers. It just is not coming together for some reason. Uh, they've looked bad. Aside from another team, they have the highest points against in the entire league. The defense looks almost non-existent. Imagine that, trading away talented players. 
uh, I mean, this division is complete polar opposites from the top to the bottom. You have the Packers and Lions at 2-1 and one who are really fun to watch. Uh, I still think the Lions win this division. Uh, but the Packers, I mean, especially coming back, I know Derek Carr got hurt, but they were down 17-0 or 16-0 to the Saints for most of that game, and they came back and won. And that's, you know, a young quarterback, a young team, that's really big. That's 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 good on them for for having that confidence. And whatever the reasoning was on the other side, they still did what they had to do. And uh, the Lions have been fun. Jared Goff's had a complete resurgence with Detroit. If I'm Detroit, I don't even look for a new quarterback. You're already paying Goff big money with his current contract he got from L.A. Just re-up him. Just pay him. This guy's doing what you need him to do. Don't don't let him go and then bring somebody else in who doesn't have the same chemistry with Amara St. Brown and the running backs and the O-line that Goff has. I never thought I'd say this, but Jared Goff has turned into a very, very steady quarterback. Is he Mahomes? No. Nobody else besides Mahomes is, though, so that's not even a fair comparison. But he's a really good quarterback on a really fun young team that is only getting better every week. I really like watching the Lions play, and I never thought I'd say that because I picked them as the worst franchise in sports history through their history of drafting poorly and mishandling superstars. And now if I'm flipping through the channels, I see the Lions on, I stop. I'm like, I want to watch this game, as long as the Pats aren't playing, of course. But, yeah, this division is – the top is great and the bottom is – oof. And the Vikings – one more thing real quick. I know I'm taking a little longer than I should have here, but the Vikings at 0-3 look miles better than the Bears, who are also 0-3. So football is a weird game sometimes. Uh, you know, I don't think they should be 3-0. and They're not that good. But the Vikings with some of the talent on offense, you know, but mostly – Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson's a, a, a very good tight end. Should be better than 3-0 and or 0-3, uh, and, and they're not because their quarterback uh, is and forever will be just essentially, uh, what's the phrase, a B, a, a, a B or B-plus player? He's, he's not the guy who's going to get him there. He's not He's not, He's not. not a Trevor Lawrence who's still figuring things out and could be a superstar. He. Kirk Cousins is what he is. We've seen the best from him, and it's not good enough to get you to a championship. And you're about to either trade away or or sign Justin Jefferson to probably the largest contract in the history of wide receivers. Uh, if not, it's going to be top three for sure. And you have this guy throwing to him who you know isn't the guy. So this team's got a lot to figure out. It's not going to happen for him this year. I think the Lions take this division, and it's going to be really, really fun watching them and the Packers down the stretch. Yeah, and between the two players you mentioned specifically, Jared Goff still has a year on his contract for next year, so they're not in the immediate need to resign him. They could do it just kind of, kind of as a, hey, let's restructure his deal, give him a couple extra years, gives Hinden Hooker time to kind of get his knee back together because he got injured last year uh, and he was a late pick in the draft this past season. So he's got talent upside, but it gives you time to really develop him. And then you're talking about Justin Jefferson. That's a great point because if you're Justin Jefferson, you're on year four right now. Obviously they pick up the fifth year option. He's getting six mil next year or six mil. No, he's getting 19 million next year. That's not top of the market. 
oh. for receiver. It's close, but it's not top of the market, especially when you're in some circles, you're considered the best receiver in the league. Do you actually sign a contract extension, understanding that he probably is going to get tagged if he doesn't sign any deals, and which is going to be very cost prohibitive, and he'll be 26 at free agency. I got to think this is going to be one of those situations where you might have, if if things continue to trend the way they're trending, you might have a Stefan Diggs situation where he just tries to force his way out of the franchise because he's just just sees where sees sees where it's going. Uh, they have no, they have no nothing in the pipelines. I mean, Kellen Mond has not seen the field at all in any situation uh, other than probably late in the season last year. And Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. That's you've said it exactly. He is what he is. He's never going to change. No, he's not going to be any better than he is. He's coming up, I believe, on the last year of his deal. No, he's not in the last year of his deal. Oh, uh, yeah, he is. His uh, contract will void, I think, it looks like, at the end of the season. So they'll be dead cap uh, for the Vikings. But that's the that's the, that's the the business they chose to deal with when they're yep. dealing with Kirk Cousins. Your peak Kirk Cousins was you had a top, would you say top three, top four running back? Oh, Cook in his prime, absolutely. Yeah, Uh <clears throat> Multiple top receivers, a decent tight end, offensive line, and your defense was in their prime. That's when you had your chance with Kirk Cousins. I'm seeing an eerie similarity between Kirk Cousins and Mac Jones. Is you're just you're only as you're only as good as the talent around you. Right. You're not you're not able to elevate the team. You know, a la Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Like, I just don't see that. It, you never saw that from Kirk Cousins. It's just, it's not there. It's, it's just as good as the talent. Now his lost Dalvin Cook. Madison was a great number two. It's not looking good as a number one. They traded for Cam Akers, who was not needed in LA anymore. And, Outside of Jeff- Justin Jefferson, you got K.J. Osborne. You got uh, the kid they just drafted. The name is escaping me right now. Um, kid from USC. I'll think of it in a second. But um, Oh, I know what you're talking about. I can't. Yeah. Uh, it'll it'll come to me. Uh, Addison. Uh, is, yes. Is, is, yeah, yeah. Is the yep. guy from USC. He's just... The Vikings have – I've seen this rumor float around, Chris. I don't know if it's a serious rumor or not. Uh, trading Kirk Cousins to the the New York Jets. Ideally, probably huh. would be a, a good situation. There's talent there. Um, a, he's just not the answer. B, trading a quarterback midseason, even if the offenses are similar – it's a very dangerous game you're playing unless you have a mobile quarterback that can kind of and the, the offenses are almost identical then you might have a situation but i don't know if that's the situation between minnesota's offense and the new york jets offense and we'll get to the jets when we get to the jets but 
I, I just wanted to harp on the the bear uh, the Vikings because it, it's just it's turned into this team was co-favorites in the division. Now they're just going to be the co-cello dwellers uh, along with um, the debacle that is the Chicago Bears. And Ooh. I, I, you covered you covered the Green Bay Packers and Lions. Uh, I just think the Bears. The Bears are just lost, and for Justin Fields, I think it's a fresh start needed. Uh, he had his chance when they brought in the new um, head coach and the new offensive coordinator. They showed promise last year, but from everything I've seen, they tried to they tried to tell Justin Fields, you need to run less and pass more. Did that work for Lamar? No. Nope. You drafted it, these guys for a reason. Let them be what they are. Right. <laughs> I mean, Patrick Mahomes is not a runner. He just is a great passer that can run. He developed his game as a passer. He was a passer in college. He was just able to run. He runs when he needs to. That's the problem you're having with Justin is just he's a runner and a passer, but it's kind of like it's 50-50. Yeah. That's why CJ that's why CJ Stroud can run. He is a passer first. I trust me. I've experienced CJ Stroud uh, for two for three years uh, against Michigan. He's a passer first. Steve McNair, run. Steve McNair, great athlete. I mean, not at the level of like Lamar, but he could run and he would and hurt people plenty of times running. But it was pass first, and then okay, it's not open. Let's go. Like, right? It, although, it's just a matter of <laughs> help you at any George in the backfield, but. <laughs> You just need to know your quarterback, and and unfortunately um, for Justin, he just needs to go somewhere where they look at his abilities and talents and say, okay, we're going to play to him. We're not going to put you in a box. We're going to play to him and allow you to cook uh, in an offense that kind of plays to your skills. Lamar's offense plays to his skills. I, I, I just, I don't understand what the Bears are doing. They had a they were trending the right direction last year, and they came out this year, and they just got – they're just just—they're just nothing. They're just absolutely nothing. And I, I i don't think there's any fix in it. And getting DJ Moore just unfortunately did not did not resolve the answer, I guess. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. Um, yeah, it, we're, it'll be interesting to see what happens in that division. I think you could see some pieces move in the bottom two teams, but uh, hey, Packers and Lions will be fun. Yes. All right, yes, let's move on to um, man. You want to talk about a? There's there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in the NFC East. There is uh, one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFC or NFL, maybe uh, is on top of the division. And then you have a couple of what are they's, and then a what the hell was that on the bottom? So feel free to dive into the NFC East uh, before we both tear it apart. Look, the, the Eagles almost are two and one. Almost lost their first game to the Patriots. Almost uh, only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. So we'll just leave that as as it is. Um, now that you successfully it, trolled all your family members listening, let's move on. Okay. Um, 
they're not they're not clicking on all cylinders yet. They have the potential still because they have the same pieces. Minus Miles Sanders, add in DeAndre Swift. Um, the Cowboys and the Commanders are two interesting pieces because the Commanders looked really good for two weeks, and the Cowboys looked really good for two, like dominant for two weeks. And they both took a step back this weekend. I don't know if Sam Howell is the answer for the the Commanders, but there's something Jack there. Press, there's something there. There absolutely is something there. They got the pieces. They have enough. They got Chase Young back. Who knows if if he's going to have that contract year because they didn't pick up his fifth year option. So this is this is his last year for Chase Young. Um and 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 the Dallas Cowboys, man, this is this is kind of it for for um. I I think this is kind of the season for Dak. It's he's got the he's got enough pieces I think around him to to make this offense really work. The 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 reason for the failure was Kellen Moore. He's gone. Part of the reason for the failure was Zeke was, you know, the contract was prohibitive and, and he lost a step. Okay, he's gone. You were 2-0. and You looked great. And now one game against the Cardinals where, what, you lost, I think they only lost Trayvon Diggs, right? That was it. Maybe an offensive lineman. I don't think so, but maybe. Yeah, and now you just got beat by the Cardinals, who are trying to lose, in my opinion. Um, but it, it's just not pretty to lose to the Cardinals, and now we'll, we'll we'll get to this in a little bit. But they're going against the Patriots this week, so Patriots. It's an interesting game. They are the the Cowboys are the favorites, but that'll be an interesting game. The Giants, I just, I, I just want to state, I was right on the Giants. I was right. You, you, and 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 I know Saquon's injured right now, uh, but it's a temporary setback. He'll probably be back in a few weeks. But I, I believe wholeheartedly, I was right. You, you should have signed Saquon to a long-term deal, four or five years, and you should have franchise tagged Daniel Jones. Whether he signed it or not is up to him, but. I in my in my belief, I think Saquon signs the deal. I think Matt uh, Daniel Jones does sign the franchise tenure because of how much it probably was going to be. And then you 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 find you found out real quickly this year what you had in in Daniel Jones. I just he's not the answer. He's just not the answer. Yeah, and I think uh, you know. I was muted and I started talking. I muted myself and I forgot about it. Uh, yeah, and I think I'll get to the top of the division in a minute. I think I think with the Giants, what you had last year is, and what you have this year is 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 proof of how much things need to change from not not only year to year but week to week, quarter of the season to quarter of the season. And you have a coaching staff that came in last year. Uh, Brian Dayball was the pretty girl at the dance. <laughs> he was the, uh, which I don't think has ever been called before. Um, came in and had that team looking really good out of nowhere. 
they've been they've been playing the last couple of seasons before him the way they're playing now, and uh, it's just it's it's not great. They don't look like the same team they did last year. Uh, we said this in the off season, right after the season ended in the off season, all up until Daniel Jones signed that big contract. Do not sign him to a top tier quarterback contract, almost forty million a year average. Are you insane? Are you? Are we looking at the same guy? Like I don't, I don't understand it. Like, yeah, he led the offense, but that team didn't succeed last year just because of him. Saquon, like we said, is the catalyst. Sign him to a long term deal, five years, even if you're not comfortable with it. Suck it up. Start paying the running backs. This is getting ridiculous. Uh, you know, you see how important they are when a good one plays and then they're out. And, and, and again. Uh, it's just like the Giants are their own worst enemy, and they keep shooting themselves in the foot somehow. Uh, they they are better at snatching defeat from the jaws of victory than any team I've ever seen in my life. They they just they can't they can't help themselves. Uh, and this isn't a division that has Jerry Jones butting in all the time. Uh, but the Giants are a mess at receiver. The O line isn't as good as it was. They're now locked into a a, a forty million dollar a year quarterback for the next four years, unless they want to take a big cap hit that is, I mean, a backup on half the teams in the league. Um, yeah, it, it's, they're not, I don't, I don't think, hell, I don't think the commanders have to worry about them this year, never mind everybody else, uh, quite honestly. Uh, commanders at 2-1, and one, they're, look, Daniel Snyder was toxic for that team. He's toxic for the league. He's toxic for everybody he's around. He's just an a-hole. We all know this. He's gone now. Now this team can just be a football team. They're not the team owned by that a-hole Daniel Snyder. You know what I mean? There's not that There's not that stigma about them. They're the Washington Commanders with new ownership, uh, some good young players, and, uh, I mean, good coaching. Um, I think they need a little bit more pure talent to go along with that coaching if they're really going to compete. They're not going to win this division. That's just not happening unless – Everybody on the Eagles and Cowboys just retires tomorrow. They're not winning the NFC East. NFC, excuse me. They're certainly not winning the AFC East. Uh, well, they probably better chance of winning that division than do their own. Um, I mean, the Cowboys, look, are the Cowboys going to play the way they did the first two weeks all year long? Of course not. Of course not. Nobody expected that. You know, you, you see it with teams like Kansas City where they go, they – Let's go 40-something points a few weeks in a row, and then they play a team that's, like, middle of the pack, and they, they win by a field goal. It happens sometimes. You get the right team on the wrong day, and things happen. Losing Trayvon Diggs in practice, middle of the week, obviously affects his defense. He's one of the top players. I mean, Michael Parsons is, I think, far and away the best defensive player on that team. But Trayvon Diggs is right up there, too, and... That, that's a big loss. We'll see how that affects them against a team like the Patriots this weekend. Um, based on what we've seen, probably not a lot. Can I just say, Chris, real quick on 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 the on the Cowboys defense? If you watch, the, I, I watched parts of the game. I didn't get to see the whole game because I, I had a different channel. Uh, I think the Pats were playing the same time. Um, the scheme that. The reason why the, the defense wasn't as effective is they, the, the Cardinals schemed offensive line towards making sure 
Mika Parsons didn't affect him. Now they didn't have to worry about Trayvon Diggs, but their passing game wasn't great. It was a huge run by Rondell Moore uh, out of the backfield, by the way, which was a great move to put Rondell oh, yeah. Moore. Oh yeah. Their wide receiver for, I think first or second round pick. And they're using him like uh, a certain wide receiver out in San Francisco. Yep, let him play that D ball role. Hey, uh, he's, he's got the talent to do it. Right. And James Conner has been effective. Like I said, Josh Dobbs has been effective. He's not losing the ball, uh, or at least in that game, he didn't turn the ball over. Um, the reason why he wa- they lost a couple other games is because of some fumbles. But I think it was just they schemed, and, and this might be a blueprint going forward because, as you know, what does Bill Belichick like to do? He likes to take your – he likes to eliminate your best weapon. Well, the best weapon is Mika Parsons on that defense. He affects the team. Look at look at the first game against the the, the Giants. They they won forty to nothing. But you heard, I'm sure you heard the uh, the the aftermath after that it was, yeah, the offense didn't play great. It was just seven sacks on Daniel Jones. Oh, two defensive turnovers. touchdowns. Yeah, two defensive touchdowns, turnovers. Like that was that was it. Well, that is the effect of I would say. And you can argue this if you're out there. Mika Parsons might be the best defensive player in the league. I think that's that's the key to unlock to beat the the Cowboys. Is you can just hold the, the offense and just scheme Mika Parsons. Albeit he, by the way, he did get some hits on Josh Dobbs. He got it. I think he got at least one sack. So he's still it, it's it's like it's like LeBron James. He's gonna get his points in his prime. It's a matter of keeping him under sixty or under fifty, whatever you want to call it, and then not letting him help ha, uh, letting the contributors uh, add to the problems. Uh, yeah, and, and I mean, hey, look, uh, as far as Michael being the best, I mean, he's making a case for it. I mean, dudes, in what was the third year? I would say. Uh, I mean, he's, I mean, <laughs> he's up there. He's in the J.J. Watt conversation. Excuse me. Uh, well, yeah, J.J. too in his prime. But he's in the T.J. Watt conversation. He's in the Bosa Brothers conversation. Uh, I'm sure there's other guys I'm forgetting, obviously. Uh, but he is making a case, and he will be right there, at health permitting, in and in a defensive player of the year uh, conversation at the end of the year, without a doubt. He is absolutely incredible. Um Cowboys as a team, it's the Cowboys. You know, they 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 come out the first couple weeks, like you said, offense didn't look great. Tony Pollard looks really good, thankfully for my fantasy team. Um Dak is Dak. Dak is an important part of that team. Uh, but I mean, half of these quarterbacks with these massive contracts are vastly overpaid for their talent in comparison to the other ones. They just couldn't lose him and have him go somewhere else. They needed him. Uh Dak. Is he good enough to get you over that hump? I don't know. I mean, he had arguably a more talented team a couple years ago when he was playing even better, and they didn't win anything. Are they good enough on defense to carry it? Who knows? I think this is a team that is... I think Honestly, it's going to be more of the same from the Cowboys. They're going to beat the teams they should beat sometimes. They're going to lose to those teams sometimes, and they're not going to perform well against the elite teams. It's just Dak... 
Dak doesn't have the decision making. He seems like a nice guy. Uh, I don't have anything against him, but again, he's not top tier elite. I'm going to get you over the top. And until he proves otherwise, I'm going to stick with that. The Eagles, surprise. <laughs> I mean, here they are. Obviously, one of the best teams in the NFC, along with San Fran, 3 0. Uh, and, and, you know, you said they haven't. They were almost 2 and 1. They were almost, yeah, you know what? Coulda, woulda, shoulda. End of the day, they're 3 and 0. Yeah. And they've, they've, they've earned that. Uh, they've played well. Uh, not as good as they could have. And they're still 3 and 0. This team's not even rolling yet. You don't have the same connection between Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown like you had last year. Uh, he and Swift haven't, you know, gotten, uh, the, the same kind of coherent, play that he had with Sanders last year who went off to the uh, Panthers. Um, I mean, this team's not even rolling yet, and they're still rolling. They're 3-0. and And it's a lot like San Fran where it's like, oh, yeah, they're really good, but they could probably even do this even better. And that's scary considering – I mean, you can say the Patriots almost beat them, but who knows what happens, even if Thornton gets his foot down or uh, another kid gets his foot down, Thornton. Uh, uh, Keishon Butte. Keisha Butte gets his uh, foot down. Who knows what happens next? I mean, it's not like the Pats have shown their, their juggernauts in the red zone. <laughs> so, I mean, like, who knows? They probably would have tried to run up the middle four times and failed and lost anyways. Uh, so, I mean, this is this is the Eagles' division to lose. Health permitting, again, like San Fran, they're going to probably just casually skip to the NFC Championship game when they play San Fran. And then they have, and that, if all players are healthy, it will be a really fun game. Uh, we've been already way farther along than we planned on being, uh, but, you know, we got off on topic, so we'll try to go through some of these a little bit faster. Uh, so at the AFC West, um, I mean, there is a not really a surprise at the top, and quite frankly, based on what we saw last season, not really a surprise on the bottom. Uh, and then there's some in between. It's kind of more of the same in the AFC West, this division that, started really loading up on talent when, when the Chiefs kind of were coming into their dominance. And uh, the only team it really seems to have done anything for is the Chiefs still <laughs> uh, because they got number 15 under center. And, yep. uh, and, and I mean, as long as they have that, they're going to be competitive. He's just one of those guys. He elevates everyone around him. Obviously, there's talent on that team too. I'm not saying that, but he just adds to it. Uh, thoughts on the AFC West? I would I would say the two best players. You you can argue with me all you want. Two best players in the division. That's number fifteen and number eighty-seven for the Kansas City Chiefs. If if those two are on the field, it's it was proven. Um, what only fans was. of the other three teams in the division would would uh. <laughs> Would, would call you on that. I mean, they can, but make please, please make the argument for your, if you're out there, make the argument for your players to be above those two, your best players. You can, you can name me, let's see, you can name me, uh, what, Devontae Adams, let's see, the Chargers is probably Justin Herbert, and the Denver Broncos is probably... Chargers might be okay. Keenan Allen. Or Keenan, okay, or Keenan Allen, and then... Devin Broncos is Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Sean Payton. <laughs> please, please DM the show. Put it on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you want to do. Please 
make the argument that I'm wrong, that the two best players in that division are are not number 15 and number 87 for the, the Kansas City uh, Look, because that's that's, look. that's it. That's <clears throat> Kelsey is incredible. I, I don't like him. I hear he's an a-hole when he seems like an a-hole, but incredibly talented. Can't question that. Yep. But, dude, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I think Mahomes, no no problem. Number one, yep. easy. Uh, probably number one in the entire league easily, tr- truthfully. I mean, Devontae Adams is still in that division. Let's not, let's not, you know, I know, it, you know, Kelsey is amazing. And he, by the time he's done, he's, I don't even think it's arguable. He's going to be the best tight end in NFL history. Uh, the argument before was he didn't have the rings that Gronk had. Well, now he does. Uh, maybe not as many, but he's getting there. Uh, and he's staying healthier. can more consistently. and put up more consistent numbers. Um... And no, I don't give a shit who he's dating. Jesus, I'm so tired of hearing about that. Oh my god! Oh my god, dude! A red zone turned into like TMZ on Sunday. It was it was it was it was, it was disgusting. I muted at one point and just listened to podcasts while I watched the games. Um, absurd. I got nothing against Taylor Swift. Not my kind of music. But I got nothing against her, but like I just got tired of hearing it. Same way I got tired when when Brady was on the Pats and they'd always talk about Giselle. I'm like, I don't care. Who cares? Just watch the game. But, I'm glad you. I'm glad you put that out there, Chris, because the one thing you don't want is the Swifties coming after you. I got nothing against her, man. Hey, good for her. She's she's killing it. She's she's doing her thing. She's great. People love her. I, nothing against her, but I'm not. If I was watching a show about her, I wouldn't want to hear about Travis Kelsey. Facts. And Facts. it's not the fact they showed her in the booth. It's it's nothing she did wrong. She was just there. But the announcers, my God, man, they were like. They were all like giddy little school kids. Like it, it was, it was insane. Scott Hansen, like fanboy out for like twenty minutes. I'm just like, guys, okay, can we move on, please? Uh, anyway, anyway, yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, I, I understand your point, Chris. <laughs> Devontae Adams is probably the the argument you can make for um, that number two. I just think the difference in the offense from game one to game two for the the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, was was Travis Kelsey? Like if you had if you had him game one, then clearly you're winning that game against um, the Detroit Lions. That's just my opinion. And by the way, I'm not saying he isn't the second best. I'm just saying the arguments there to be made with Devontae Adams. That's all. Like it's there. Um, yeah, the rest of that division, Chiefs are going to win that division. Let's be real. Uh, yeah. Raiders are going to be. Right where the Chargers are, which is competing for the last wild card spot, the last Sunday of the week, or the last Sunday of the season. Yep. Uh, the Broncos are going to start playing well once they're mathematically eliminated, yep. uh, as is tradition. Uh, ever since Peyton Manning seemed to have left, and uh, we will yet again prove my point. Like I said, when he was back in Seattle, uh, Russell Wilson, while very talented, only plays about half to two thirds of the season and uh, is not an elite level quarterback. Yeah. It- he had his run, but he's much like. I mean, he's Chris. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's like he got a nice. He got a Super Bowl victory in his rookie season with a supremely talented oh, defense <laughs> and a Elite great defense. running and a great running game, which is no knock on him. No, he managed the offense. He got him there. If it's not for that, 
he's what Kirk Cousins, Philip Rivers. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, right now he's he's gonna, you know, he's not even at Aaron Rodgers level. I mean, Rodgers got a, only his only ring with an elite defense too, and has spent the rest of his time losing this and Fran in the playoffs. But he's also garnered MVPs. Well, that's what I mean. That's why I said he's not even Aaron Rodgers. At least Rodgers does have the individual awards also, where Russ has it. The first four, he's he's been the first uh, quarter MVP ten times in his career. I don't even know if he's played ten seasons, but he's consistently all you hear for the first three or four weeks of the season is how Russ is killing it. And in fairness, he usually does stat wise. Uh, and then you know, everyone kind of adjusts and adapts. And I think the problem with Seattle was. They got caught up in the thing of they have they they formatted their plan around a superstar who couldn't deliver the way they thought he could on paper, right? And that's kind of why they started underperforming. And Geno Smith is overperforming, and they're winning just as many games now as they were with Russ and the defense he had when he left. So why waste the money if you don't have to? All right. I'm just, I'm just curious on how they're going to recover from this past weekend. That's that's all I got to. Uh, that's, you know, that's, all you, that's all I have left to say on that. They got trounced. They got they got seventy points put up on what was supposed to be a top five defense, and I think if Miami had to pedal the pedal to metal the entire time, they could have put up eighty five on them. I mean, it, they just it was ugly. It was a it was not even the equivalent of like Alabama playing a, a D three school like in college. It wasn't. That's not even that ugly. Uh, the Broncos looked minor league it was i've never seen anything like that and and look i know it's fun to sit here and crap on them you have to chalk that up to just one of those things where it's like are the cardinals better team than the cowboys no of course not you played the right team on the wrong day for your team that was dealing with just the right set of circumstances and this team excelled against those set of circumstances and ran all over you it's like when you play madden sometimes <laughs> and and you got sometimes you win by a field goal and other times you're up by five touchdowns at halftime and you're like how is it this easy it, it just happens like that in real life in video games like you just have bad terrible days and uh they certainly had one of those this past week and i don't think uh i don't think it's looking much brighter for the rest of the season honestly because there's no one coming back that's going to like give them a boost they got to pick themselves up, and they proved last year that's that's not easy for them to do. All right, this this might be for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, this is a lot like the AFC South, where or NFC South, excuse me, where it's like, all right, you thought you kind of knew where it might go. There's some young players, some really talented guys who might affect things. There's guys still developing. There's guys still, you know, getting comfortable with their own game. Uh, there's some seasoned veterans who are probably on the downswing. I'm uh, looking at you, Titans. And, um, you know, it, it's it, NFC South games are going to be far more fun to watch. Uh, but AFC South games are going to be just as competitive, I think. For you know, different not as positive reasons. Yeah. Uh, the Gardner Minshew led Colts uh, with Anthony Richardson still struggling with that concussion uh, are two and one. Texans, Jaguars, and Titans all one and two. I really look for the Jags to take a big step forward this year, and they still may. 
they still made it look really good week one. Um, they're one and two now, though. And, you know, the Titans, we kind of thought would struggle. People thought that was somehow getting DeAndre Hopkins was going to make them like world beaters. Hopkins with his list of teams that passed him by, his hit list. Okay, good luck with that, DeAndre. Uh, Texans. None of those bottom three teams have looked great, including the Jags. Colts haven't looked great, but they look. They looked honestly. The Colts look like the mo- most put together of all those four teams right now. Richardson has a lot of explosiveness out of the backfield. Um, I mean, if only this team had an elite level running back that could really help them chew clock and keep their young quarterback protected uh, and, and kind of give that defense a rest to help them win more games. Um, but I don't know where you would find that. So what do you think? I don't know, Chris. I don't know, Chris. I mean, I I think they, uh, they paid somebody, if they paid somebody uh, a little sooner, they'd be better off. But, uh, but there's like nobody like that just waiting on their injured reserve. I mean, it, guys like that aren't just there. Waiting to be paid. Oh, wait a minute. Hold oh, on. No, they do have. Hold somebody. on. They have one of the best running backs in the entire league, Jonathan Taylor, uh, who they have thoroughly pissed off because LOL Jim Irsay, uh, <laughs> who you know if he cared as much about his team as he does his scotch, uh, would would probably have a ring or two on his finger right now, past the Peyton Manning years. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's. Jim Irsay is the Jerry Jones of the AFC. Yes, that's accurate. I mean, at least with Jerry Jones, like, I think the players actually, like, respect him and care, whereas Irsay just gets liquored up. And what did Manning say about Vanderjack years and years ago? Or idiot kicker gets liquored up and runs um, his mouth? Yep, well, they can say our idiot owner gets liquored up and runs his mouth. And, um, you know, that's a shame because there's some, some talented guys on that defense. That old line is still good. Uh, they have... You know, Zach Moss is a backup running back to Jonathan Taylor would be a fantastic one-two punch along with Anthony Richardson, at quarterback. But they decide to do what every team in the league seems to want to do and just piss off their quality running backs. Um, so apparently, you don't need to run the football anymore. That's not important or anything. So, uh, yeah, this division is going to be a shit show all year. I think, uh, I think Chris, this defense – I'm sorry. Not this – I think this division just comes down to how good – when does Jonathan Taylor come back for the Colts? And can the Jacksonville Jaguars right the ship? Because I'm just – I'm I'm factoring out the Texans because they're, they're developing. They're growing. I mean, it looks like – maybe I'm wrong. It looks like in three in – in two consecutive drafts, they're going to have potentially three top – top picks to this past season. And then I don't know what they have for next year, but if they have their first round pick for next year, then they'll get another top pick. The, the biggest disappointment is going to be uh, the Titans are just, I think the Titans are who they are right now. They're, yeah. <clears throat> they're okay. Um, 3.2 yards of carry for Deandre uh, to Derrick Henry is, it's just not enough. That's not enough for, 29-year-old running back, I, I hate to say it, who's uh, currently standing at 1,800 1800 carries. You're starting to get to the point where that 
yards per carry, his dominance. It's the tipping is, point. It, it's starting to look. I know he had fifteen hundred yards last year, four point four yards a carry, thirteen touchdowns. A really good season. Some would say it's a, a great season. I guess you could say at this point, um, it, with with the atmosphere that the running backs are in. But DeAndre is not DeAndre. I would have loved DeAndre. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not tra- backtracking on one in DeAndre. I would have loved to have DeAndre. Um, oh, I would have too. Absolutely. But it, it looks like he's not number one anymore. No. He's he's just not. Dude, so. there's a reason the team like the Patriots who needed a prime receiver so bad went with Juju Smith-Schuster, who's done next to nothing, instead of DeAndre Hopkins. Right, and and they're not, and they're. I think they'll be able to get out of that, get out of that contract a lot easier than let's say DeAndre, which they would have had to overpay this year, and they wouldn't have had a room. Look, I would have liked them, but I don't want you overpaying for them. Tannehill is Tannehill. I'm looking at his numbers. I don't want to repeat them because they're just that bad right now. And I know it's three games in. Things can change. But right now the Colts are sitting sitting pretty. All that being said, Chris, I think we're going to have a repeat of last year where it's going to come down to the last three, two to three weeks. And all the teams are going to be in play. And you don't know where, where it's going to settle because – Injury is going to happen, inconsistent play, and the fact that Trevor Lawrence isn't quite putting it together yet this year. And this should be a building block year where they're building off of last year. And right now, they're not quite building off of last year. It's not – this is not – if I were a Jacksonville Jaguar fan or a player in that locker room, it's just – this isn't what we expected. We're no, we're, we were not supposed to come into the season looking like we got Calvin Ridley back. You know, he we never had him last year. We traded for him. Great move. Uh, we got Trevor Lawrence. We we opened the seasons with a win against the Colts, and then you just you kind of lay an egg against the the Chiefs, and then you lay an egg against the the Houston Texans. It just it just speaks to. Are they going to be consistent for the rest of the year like this? Are they going to be able to turn it around? They got a few games that they could probably are winnable, but then they got a few games that are not quite winnable at this moment. Things can change. Um, There's a lot of football to play. I just, I don't see in this current stance, the way they're, they're performing as a, as a, as an offense, as a team collectively, defense is actually playing pretty good, but the offense collectively, it just, it's not, it's not coming together cohesively. I I would just like to see, I want to see a little bit more from Trevor Lawrence. He's supposedly a, he was top pick. Thought of as a generational talent, versatile quarterback, but Right now, the Colts are looking pretty good as as the leader in the clubhouse for this division, but I think it's going to be up in the air um, by the end of the season. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think it does come down to the Jags and Colts, the way the Colts have played so far. And I thought for sure it was going to be the Jags division to take, but we shall see. That one's still kind of in the air, I think. 
on to the AFC North. Uh, what's your initial thought? I, I there's there's it's it's all over the place, Chris. There's a lot here, but uh, what are your thoughts so far? You you have you have a two and one Pittsburgh Steelers, Chris, that have scored fifty six points. I was just looking seven, at that. Yeah, and they have seventy points against, and they're two and one. Well, San Fran steamrolled in week one. I mean, yes, I know. There's there's some skewing there, but it, it just it just boggles the mind that you're two and one, and Kenny Pickett's not playing great. Naj, trust me. Najee Harris is not playing great. Wait, what happened to him? He had such a good rookie year, and he's just like, I don't get it. Neither do I. Um, and I, it, unfortunately, the Browns lost Nick Chubb. Deshaun is is still coming back from having that year off. Lamar's trying to put it together in Baltimore. Year uh, off, you say like he was on vacation. All right. It was suspended for 23 sexual assault cases. Okay. I understand. And the team that should be dominating this division are not looking great. Um, I do think Cincinnati's going to turn around and they're going to win the division. They call it the reverse Dallas. (laughs) Um, but it's going to be competitive all season. This is the AFC North is just no matter what the records are, this division, I think more than any, I mean, you could argue that anyone can argue this, but I think more than any like division games in this division specifically, just, you just don't know what they're going to be like. They're just, they're going to be drag them out tough games that, could be high scoring both sides or low scoring on both sides. And just, I, I, I want to think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to turn around. They have three talented wide receivers. They have Joe Burrow, star quarterback, top of the league. Running game is pretty decent. They're figuring out their offensive line. It's not as bad as last year. It's not as bad as the year before. The defense is enough i think it's just you you rely on joe burrow being that top three quarterback and right now he's just not the offense is just not clicking that's i think that's just rooted from him getting the injury in offseason and just not having a lot of training camp if any at all and they're just not having any um preseason games at all and I, that that is still it's still coming into the season it's just trying to get the the kinks out of the offense but it's just weird chris because i just jamar's been in the the the, the offense for what two three seasons T. I think Higgins, this is uh, three, three, three. yeah three and, and three and then t higgins been four years uh, uh boyd's Four, uh, five years, I think. So, like, we're not talking about a lot of new people. Joe Mixon's, like, been there for six or seven years. It's not – we're not reinventing the wheel here. And they should have chemistry. It just seems like – I don't know if it's teams are just figuring them out. Uh, Two of their opponents were actually division opponents. So, there's some factor there. Uh, But 
I just when when that when this team clicks, I think it's they're just going to turn it around and, and really start putting up points. I agree. Uh, this team is definitely going to click. <clears throat> um, as I kind of made it alluded to it before, like Dallas started out super hot, especially week one with the defense playing the way they did. Uh, do you think they're going to play that way all season? Obviously not. The Bengals started out pretty bad. Think they're going to play that bad all season? Definitely not. You know, Burrow missed some time last preseason with injury also. Nothing severe, but it was something. And uh, came into the regular season, and I think he threw four picks opening week. And everybody's like, oh, my God, what happened to Burrow? He just came off Super Bowl bid. Is this, you know, is this what we're going to have to look forward to? Was that just a fluke? Obviously not. He looked great again last year. Uh, we're competitive for a long time with the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. They almost went back to the Super Bowl. Uh, had a very good chance to. Burrow's a guy that, you know, for all he's done, people forget he's entering his fourth season. Like, let's not let's let's not forget that. And, and you know, Tom Brady wasn't Tom Brady his fourth season. Yeah, he had a championship already, but he wasn't. That was because you know he didn't turn the ball over in the Pats had an elite defense, uh, and he knew what, he made throws when he had to. Uh, the Bengals are a little bit different. They have a decent defense, and they rely on their offense. And when you have a guy who isn't able to practice all preseason because he hurt his calf, then he comes in and he struggles the first two weeks because he hasn't been able to play all preseason, and he injures his calf again week two, barely practices leading up to week three. Like, he's going to need rhythm. He's going to need consistency. He started looking much better that second half. Uh of uh, the game against the Rams on Monday. And I think he's going to look a lot better this coming weekend. Uh, he's going to get better and better each week. And by the time week eight, nine rolls around, it's going to be, you know, full, full, all systems go full steam ahead. Maybe not even week eight or nine. I might be week five or six. I'm not worried about the Bengals at all. They're going to be fine. As long as there's no severe injuries to major players right there at the end, the Steelers and the Browns, uh, I don't think Deshaun Watson's the same guy we saw uh, in, in in Houston. And I'm talking, of course, simply on the field. Uh, thankfully, he's not the same guy he was in Houston. Off the field. That we know of. That we know of, for now. Uh, I'm sure we'll cover that up, too, because the league likes him. Um, or at least give him a pass, you know. Uh, the Ravens... The Ravens go as Lamar goes, uh, and Lamar's been fine, but they played some, you know, they played some tough matchups. They played a very a very game, uh very young, very hungry Colts team this past week who got the better home twenty two to nineteen. Uh and didn't didn't really expect that. I thought the Ravens were gonna go in there and steamroll them and they had Mark Andrews back in the whole nine yards and they still didn't really they went out and got Zay Flowers. They drafted Zay Flowers. They they tried to, you know, boost their receiving core, and they're still kind of the same old Ravens, which isn't a bad thing. They're always good and competitive. But the defense is solid. Uh, and the offense kind of sticks to the same game plan, regardless of what the defense they're playing is. And some defenses handle that run better than others. And if they get a defense that handles the run well, well, they struggle, and they lose two teams they should easily beat. Uh, Steelers, 
I mean, as long as TJ Watt is healthy and this offense can kind of hang points-wise, this team's going to be in it because the defense is really, really good. And Pickett and Pickens is a really nice combination. And I know Pickett's, you know, you're not the biggest Kenny Pickett fan, but I think he's played much better than I think you thought he would. Uh, and and yeah. is he is he a pro bowler? Is he an elite quarterback? No, he's in year two. He's a guy who's learning and developing. Uh, this is going to be a fun division. You got, th- you know, three teams tied at two and one. Uh, I still think the team that's in the basement right now at one and two wins the division. And I think the Ravens are a strong wild card team. And um, the Steelers may compete for the last wild card. Very well, very well could the way they've been playing with the talent they have on defense. So that'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. Yeah, I just the one thing that's going to stall the Ravens going forward is just, as usual, the running back room is just already already ripe with injuries and rolling in the fourth week. So it's just going to get worse. J.K. gone again. And Gus Edwards didn't play this past weekend. I just looked at the injury list, and Justice Hill's on the injury list. And I'm sure, I'm sure um, uh, Gus Edwards is still going to be questionable. Their third running back is already on the IR too. Like they're, and uh, Melvin Gordon was uh, on the field last last week. So that just tells you where they're at. And I just think it makes Lamar's job a lot more harder if you don't have a capable running back, because then you just, you let that running back just, if he, Hey, if he succeeds, great, but I'm going to cue on Lamar. I'm going to make sure Lamar is covered. And if he makes up that running back makes a play great, but you already know. And Odell didn't play this weekend, which, you know, that's a problem too. If Zay Flowers is the only one out there. Then we're just looking at, uh, unf- I-, I don't want to put this on Zay Flowers, uh, but you might have a repeat of, of uh, Hollywood Brown. Yeah, I was just thinking that, yeah. If it's, I don't want to say that, but bam, that might, might be the in- might be it. But uh, on to the last division, Chris. Yeah, we're trying not to bag too much on this one. Uh, you want to go first or should I? Uh, I'll start and I'll just kind of keep it concise uh, as much as I can, but you know the 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 Jets, their fortunes uh, just Dude. shattered shattered three <laughs> Unbelievable. games. In, in three three plays into the into the season, their their hopes are shattered. The lucky win uh, in overtime, Buffalo seems to have righted the ship since then. Uh, Miami had a dominant game this pass off this past week, dominant to a T. Offense, defense, special teams. Can I can I throw a little water on that, please? You, you might uh, yeah, little. I mean, if you can, sure. Uh, just just a subtle reminder to uh, Baltimore, or not Baltimore. Um, subtle reminder to the Miami Dolphins fans out there that if you, if you can hear me, um, and, and again, I don't want to. I'm not about ifs, ands, and buts. You did only score 25 points on the Patriots. Let's not call your – I saw this, the greatest offense ever. You know, a lot of that was going around uh, the past few days. You, you sc- oh, sorry, 24 points. They scored 24 points on the Patriots. So, you face a good defense, you're going to have problems. And I think that's what we're talking about with New England. They, 
we have a really good defense. I'm going to say it like that, Chris. We have a really good defense. We have a lot of talent up and down that field. And we have what I would think is a remarkable stud at corner. Oh, dude. He, <laughs> he is. Now, I understand Miami fans are going to say, or Miami apologists are going to be like, you guys play racket coverage on Tyree Kill. You always do that. That's fine. He still was making plays on him when he, when they had man up. And he shut down A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith, whoever he was on in uh, the first game. And what did Garrett Wilson have? I know part of that was Zach Wilson, but I saw quite a few plays by um, by Gonzalez where he's just making a play on, on Garrett Wilson and just shutting him down. So I think what what the off, the offense just needs to correct itself, get the running game going, and that's just going to open up the play action. And we're going to start to see success. And as I alluded to before, I think with with the game coming up this weekend um, against the Dallas Cowboys, despite being the favorites, I think we're looking at we're, we're looking at a potential win this weekend against the Cowboys, only because. We're going to take the best asset away from the Cowboys on offense, and that's going to be CeeDee Lamb. And they're going to scheme similar probably as best they can to what the Cardinals did and try to eliminate Mika Parsons from being effective. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, you know, this disappears to be yet another lost season for the Jets, honestly. I mean, Robert Solid said they're sticking with Zach Wilson. We'll see how long that goes. You know, all the hype about Aaron Rodgers and and this team this is a different team with Rodgers playing quarterback. Um, what exactly he has left, who knows? Supposedly he's coming back. He's allegedly had some experimental surgery, and he wants to make it back for the playoffs. He's not going to have to worry about that. Jets aren't making the playoffs. Uh, not based on what we saw this past weekend. Um, the Bills... The Bills continue to be a conundrum. Uh, they look so good, and then it's it, it's it's like they they think that winning a couple of big games gives them a Super Bowl ring, and they get a little too big for their britches, and then they have a couple weak stumble downfall, and they don't look great. Uh, all the talent in the world, Josh Allen, top quarterback, Stephon Diggs, top receiver, um, even without an elite-level running back, which if you're looking to make a splash, Buffalo, there's a running back and uh, isn't being used in Indianapolis that will look pretty good lined up behind Josh Allen. Just saying. Um, I mean, you spent $20 million a year on, uh, on uh, what's his name there, Von Miller, who hasn't been able to help you very much because of injury. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you could be Jonathan Taylor that and have a shot at a ring. Uh, I still think the Bills win this division. Uh, the Patriots, yeah, the defense has looked great. Uh, the defense is, I mean, a lot of the points against have been offensive turnovers, whether it be the pick six right off the bat against the Eagles or then yeah. Zeke fumbling on the exact next play and giving the Eagles like a 15, 20-yard field. Uh, I don't care what defense you are. You give a team as talented as the Eagles a 20-yard field, they're going to score a touchdown. It, it, it's it's the offense 
This offense is not going to be great. This offense reminds me of what it – look, Mac Jones is not Tom Brady, let's be real, obviously. But it reminds me a lot of what they tried to do the first couple of years of Brady before he turned into the offensive guy, the, the 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 big numbers guy that he became, where it's don't turn the ball over, ball control, run the clock down, control the clock, uh, and take advantage of opportunities. Even if you want to get a touchdown and you don't, make sure you get that field goal. Uh you know, there are a lot of a lot of good things on this offense over last season for sure. I don't feel like they're hopeless or directionless. I feel like they just are kind of feeling out who's going to fit into what spot for the team. Mac has looked really good. Mac has made some very good throws, and he's made some really good throws with having almost no time to throw because that offensive line is a turnstile. Running game's been fine again. That gets hurt a lot because the offensive line's mediocre. But Elliott has looked really good this year. Stevenson, I think, could honestly be just a step outside that elite. You know, he's not CMC. He's not Saquon. Uh, he's not other guys who are going to fit in that category. But I think he could be just, just a touch underneath that. And that's more than enough on a Bill Belichick team where you just got to do your part. Um. And the Dolphins, look, I'm not convinced they can stay healthy. Um, Tua had nothing but injury issues last year. Uh, When he plays, he looks great. And I don't want to hear, oh, he has all this talent. Yeah, well, you know what? He does, and he's making the most of it. He's doing exactly what he's supposed to do. So while I don't like the Dolphins, obviously I don't like any other team in the East. I'm a Patriots fan. They're doing what they need to do. Uh, I, I've stood by this when he was in Kansas City, and I still stand by this. Tyreek Hill's a piece of trash. Uh, always will be. Uh, he 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 wanted to call out Patriots fans after the game for uh, being the most toxic fans in the league. Well, you know what, Tyreek? You know what they were yelling at you? They were yelling at you about your child and domestic abuse cases that, uh, let's face it, if you didn't run really, really fast, you'd be in jail right now. So let's let's keep that in mind. Um there's also a side side note that a uh, Patriots fan died. Oh yeah, a Patriots fan was apparently attacked by a Dolphins fan at that game. So, uh, you know, I know Tyreek doesn't care. He just you know buries his head in the sand and says whatever, and nobody ever calls him on it because he's really fast, uh, and he is very talented on the field. Uh, but he's a piece of garbage. Uh, the rest of that team, though, um, nothing personal against. Look really good, man. That offense looks like a juggernaut. And when you have guys coming in who are second and third string putting up 200-something yards, their coach might look like a Starbucks barista, but the dude knows what he's doing, apparently. And, I mean, this is a dangerous team. I think injuries and just the natural progression of the season will kind of whittle them down a little bit. Uh, Denver's in shambles, and it was just a perfect situation, the perfect storm of an offense clicking against a defense that the team doesn't know what they're doing. When uh, you know they, they had to put up seventy against the Broncos this past Sunday, but uh, I I still think Buffalo wins a division. Uh, I think Miami is right there, uh, but again, if Miami doesn't suffer any major injuries, if Tua stays healthy, if Hill and Waddle stay healthy, the running game stays healthy, man. I mean, let's not forget, this is a team that's getting Jalen Ramsey back. I mean, he's not the Jalen Ramsey he was on the Jags or, you know, early on with the Rams, but there's still a guy that knows a lot. 
and has the knowledge and, and, and still perform and still and still you know play. And man, that is gonna be. Dolphins stay healthy. They are gonna be. They're gonna throw a wrench into a lot of teams' plans because they're gonna be very dangerous. Um. As far as the Patriots, they scored twenty four against the Patriots. Like, division games are always gonna be tough. Always tough. Yeah. The teams know each other so well. Like I, I, you text me on Sunday worried about you know the offense with the Jets, and I'm like, yeah, division game though. How many? How many times? In that time span, when Brady played for us, when it is, they just dominated the Jets, uh, win wise, win percentage wise, uh, and he was throwing up, you know, forty five hundred yards and forty touchdowns a year. Did he go into to to uh, MetLife Stadium and and throw one hundred and fifty yards and no touchdowns, and they barely won on a last second field goal? It happened. Right. You just the teams know each other, so I, I think. I hear a lot of people saying they think the Patriots get steamrolled by Dallas because Dallas is going to come out angry. Dallas is going to come out. No, they're not. Uh, it's going to be a hard game for the Patriots to win because Dallas is a very talented team. However, uh, if they can keep Micah Parsons away from Mac Jones, which easier said than done, right? this offense will be all right. They'll put up enough points to win. If the defense keeps doing what they're doing, and let's not forget, Dak is throwing the throw, the big interception a couple times a game. I think this is the game. You see Christian Gonzalez on C.D. Lamb, and Dak tries to fit a couple in there, and Gonzalez comes out and and ends up, you know, on, on a late a late Sunday game against the Cowboys at home. Gonzalez comes out and, and really puts a stamp and says, "Yeah, I am really this good," and has a really big game. Uh, again, I still think the Patriots are the third best team in the division overall right now. I don't think they're better than the Bills. I don't think they're better than the Dolphins. Um, maybe they're better with the Jets if they have Rodgers. Who knows? But that's talent-wise. It matters game planning and how you play against a team in certain situations. And I still take Bill Belichick above any other coach in that situation. I don't care what anybody says. Um, and let's not... For all I dislike Tyreek Hill, let's not forget, Patriots fans do suck. <laughs> like, they do. Because you know what? The majority of them aren't even real freaking fans. The majority of them are Tom Brady fans who are still sticking around for some reason instead of finding their new team to latch on to. Like, I remember being a fan with Bledsoe, and even before Bledsoe, when this team was bad and they started getting better with Bledsoe, and then, you know, the, the whole Mo Lewis hit, and then Brady came in, and all of a sudden they started winning, and everybody cared. And there is a large section of our, quote, fan base that, believe me, if the Pats don't make the playoffs again this year, they're going to be wearing San Francisco 49ers hats again next season. I don't know, Chris. Uh, I, I remember a bunch of them, all of a sudden, they uh, they bought themselves some uh, Tom Brady Tampa jerseys and I don't remember either one of us buying one of those, so I would just, I would just I would just say like you want to be one of those fans, just let it be known you're you're a fair weather fan. That's that's fine if that's what you want to do. That's fine, but I know plenty of people who uh, I was kidding with a, a Dallas Cowboys fan this weekend, but hey, he's a Cowboys fan. He's loyal to him. Uh, I know plenty of other fans from other fan bases. And I, I don't hear a lot of switching around, so it, it's de- there's definitely that 
And I wouldn't specify it to the Patriots. I think there's a a section of fan base in a in a, in a totality that just they'll drift from team to team, whatever whatever team is winning, that's their 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 fandom. And that's what you want to do. Be that as it may. Uh, just know I'm going to call you out if I saw you three years ago with a Patriots jersey and then all of a sudden you have a, a 49ers jersey. If four years from now you're uh, – why, why why are you wearing a Kansas City Chiefs jersey? Or uh, why are you rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs? You were just rooting for the Patriots about six, seven years ago. What are we doing here? So, But to just put a cap on the Patriots – I, all I all I need to see from them is getting these two kids, and I'm talking specifically about Keishon Butte and Demario Douglas. I need to see them on the field more and more each and every week. Yeah, because Juju's nice, but he's not what he was when he was in Pittsburgh. Uh, Devontae's nice, but he makes catches and he doesn't really get yards after the catch. Um, the tight ends are good, but they're just they're, they're not dynamic enough. Like any nothing. There's there's one player on offense that's dynamic, and that's Ramondre. Outside of that, you got to get these two kids on the field, and they're dynamic. They're oh yeah, yep. Especially Demario, he is he has game breaking talent, and oh, I would say Kendrick too, but Kendrick can be a little. Little sometimes a little bit of gator arms, uh, so just just get these kids on the field. That defense is that defense is built. Obviously, he's a lot of draft picks have been invested in that team. So and it's showing uh, up and down up and down the roster. So just get those two kids on the field, and I think I think you're going to start seeing this offense expand a little bit. And maybe that's not something for the Bills or the Dolphins to worry about this year. It should be something that for them to concern about in the next year or two if they can if they're consistent consistently developing each and every week each year because uh, I think the Bills are on their decline. I think that window is just about to start to close. Um, I agree with that. And the Dolphins, the Dolphins are just if they everyone's healthy. Yep, they're it. But. One injury just is going to disrupt it, whether it's Tyreek or or um, Tua or a couple offensive linemen. That defense is that defense can be shook. I think it's just better ball placement by Mac in week two, and you, you might see a different result. And just remember the Patriots held them to 24 points. So let's not call them the the greatest offense ever, as some are saying. You had like I think you pointed out correctly, you you got the Broncos at the right time and they you just shattered them into pieces. And two two running backs that just went off. Yeah, I mean I couldn't agree more. But I think I think the Bills still have a shot to win the division. Like I said, win the division, but um, the window as far as being uh, 
up there with like the Kansas cities and everything. Uh, by the time the season comes to an end, I just, I just don't think they are anymore. Uh, and every year, you know, <clears throat> Josh Allen still has quite a few years of his prime left. That's not the problem, providing he stays healthy and stops taking the hits he takes. But, I mean, Stefan Diggs is not old, but, I mean, he wasn't winning in Minnesota and got his way out of there. And if he's not effective, what are the, what's their offense? Yeah, yeah, and there there was some stories about how we – I don't know what the truth was. Maybe it's not true. I don't know about some kind of unhappiness with Diggs and the team in this offseason. Uh, he says it wasn't anything with the team or Josh Allen, but he was unexcused away from the team for a while, and, and right. it's it's – I don't know. But uh, Miami seems to have everything clicking on all cylinders. We'll see how long that lasts. They started off hot last year too, and, and then they kind of faded away because of injury. So we shall see. Uh, but um, – Anything else? Are you all set? I'm all set. All right. Well, we will get into – we're going to find a couple of these topics that we kind of wanted to dive deeper in this week and, and go over them again next week and kind of, uh, you know, discuss the the past week in the NFL. We'll hit a little baseball if we have time in the next edition. Um, until then, if you have any questions for Ben or I, but anything you heard on this episode, past episodes, or sports-related at all, we'd love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? We can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTS Pod, Facebook, Ben and Chris Talks Sports, and Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talks Sports. And if you have not done so yet and feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating, review, ask a friend to do the same, and we greatly appreciate the support. For Ben, I'm Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next week. Thank you.